Welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I'm Ross. And I am Gordon. Gordon, you've got that face on you. <laughs> you seem to be itching to tackle something out in the left field. What's going on? Well, this has been provoked by conversations that I've had with other members of the group. And I'm hearing it a fair amount. Something to the effect that I've been in a slump, I've lost interest, I don't feel like picking up the camera. And I thought we should toss this around a bit and see what we came up with. Okay, that's that's fair. It's certainly a place lots of folks have been. I've been there. So would you define this as a loss of creativity? And what are you referring to? Well, it comes down to a loss of creativity, but... Let's say it's a feeling of a loss of enthusiasm for your chosen activity, be it photography or painting or wood carving, whatever. And this is usually coupled, I believe, with a sense of despondency, a lack of curiosity, and probably a degree of apathy. There's a lot of these in there. Well, I don't know if I care to talk about this. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Since you brought it up, the solution to most any problem is to identify the root cause. What do you think the root causes are of this issue? Ah, well, that's another story altogether. I have some thoughts on this, but anything baked on fact, really... I have some ideas based on observation and discussion with others who have manifest this issue. And, you know, if I'm really out in left field, feel free to supply your own perception, experiences, and observations. Okay. That's soft and pretty. Can you elaborate? <laughs> Can I elaborate? Well, I'm hoping that this discussion will apply to all fields, not just to photography, as I mentioned before. Much of the information relating to this has dealt with techniques and activities to break the cycle. And all the information that I have gleaned recently has elaborated on photography-based techniques to try and get to this. But maybe we're coming at this the wrong way. And maybe this needs to be dealt with on a wider platform. And we can look at it from the effect of things that are affecting the photography, uh, the photographers, personal outlook on things in general. And the other becomes an excursion into the technological waste yards that are of our craft. Okay, I like that. Technological wasteland. How apropos. I read J.K. Rowling's, what can I say? <laughs> and here I thought... You were listening vaguely to Pete Townsend. So can you dig into that first point a little bit more? Okay, to uh, elaborate on the first point. Well, actually, no, I don't. Because there is a good chance that I'm going to sound a bit like an idiot, or I'm going to annoy someone. But neither of these are going to be the first time I've done this, so let's give it a crack. The first step in the process must be an evaluation of what has changed on a personal level. I talked about despondency for not being able to see new and exciting things to photograph. 
and I guess we could call this a failure of seeing. The images you think have the same old, same old look about them, and that would probably be a failure of transposition. And there's a failure to identify your perceived audience or not delivering to your perceived audience. So maybe we need to evaluate from whom we are expecting a degree of approval in the process of doing this. Common endpoints in our times would include something like the following. You're looking for likes and thumbs up on Facebook, the enthusiasm of your family and friends. You're looking forward to selling what you're photographing. If you're getting really high in your aims, you could be looking at displaying your work in galleries, or if all else fails, to be awarded the Order of Canada. Well, at least you're aiming low. <laughs> Always. So if there's even a glimmer of truth in the things I've marked before, maybe the anticipation or your anticipation needs to be reevaluated and confronted. And I have deliberately placed these items in this order because it is conceivable that they are the commonest cause of photographic frustration. But they may also be the least important. Okay, I'm a little concerned because you're not known for pussyfooting around. And I'm, I'm really feeling that you're not saying what you truly want to say. You're missing your most beloved directness. Oh. Well, let me try and change that. I'm saying I'm not saying what you think I should be saying, but mostly I do. And I'd say it a lot to informal group discussions where members of our group uh, are expressing the need to talk about this. I don't do it as a muse, but I do do it to shake the complacency. And the question that must be answered is, are you still deriving personal satisfaction from the process of photography? And the word is process, not just photography. Because the answer to that will determine on what further actions need to be done to improve the creative slump. Okay, I think I see where you're coming from, but you're not saying anything about the end result, the success or quality of it, or how it tells the story that you wanted to tell with the image. Well, I got a feeling I was busted because I was trying to pussyfoot around that, but I didn't because I'm starting to believe that I don't think the end result matters one little bit. Because you can see, the if you can go around and see the sun illuminating something in the garden, or look at the, the hairs on the weed being lit up with backlight, and you get lost in the process of trying to reproduce what you saw, and by extension, what you've feel or felt long before you get to the end result, then you have probably at that point broken the slump. 
Okay, I want to hear more from you on this, because at this point, I want to agree to disagree on the importance of the end result. Because from my mind, and there's a scary place, <laughs> photography is a journey, not a destination. But every journey needs a waypoint somewhere along the path. If those waypoints never satisfy, that should communicate to you that you're on the wrong road or that your approach is not in alignment with your goals. But this issue of being in a slump is a reality for many people. So do you have any solutions to this dilemma? Of course not. There are no easy ones anyway. So sorry, folks. But if you can question yourself on the topics we've mentioned about, or the ones that I'm about to mention, no one will need to solve the problem for you. That will happen on its own. And the questions or the objects that you should be perhaps looking at is why are you shooting? What do you want to get out of it? How do you go about evaluating your images? If the images are blah, then maybe some further workshops or education on the art of seeing would be beneficial. And perhaps, just perhaps, you need to drop the mantle of adulthood and go roll in the grass and make a mess of yourself. Redefine what makes you go wow. And the photographs, I believe, will start to look really good after that. But Russ, a few years ago, you did a couple of podcasts on the mechanics of getting out of the rut. Maybe a reiteration of some of these photography-related exercises would be beneficial. All right, let me try to do that. One of the pieces of advice that I found worked me was to stop and go take a look at the works of others. It doesn't have to be a photographer. It could be an artist in any other medium. And if you find one that generates some kind of emotional response, stimulation, be it positive or negative, you may find a little catch there. Despite its drawbacks, YouTube, Instagram, whatever, can be places to show you what others have done and maybe shine a light through that soap bubble and maybe just make it a bit more fun. Another thing you can do is assign yourself an uncomfortable personal project, something you don't know how to do. So you need to get in there and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because in so doing, to the point that you made earlier, and this is where I do agree, the end result is unknown because you're having to craft the process fresh. Right. That means you're thinking about things you don't know how to do. Right. And that can be powerful. Building discipline in any practice. And this is something you identified at the beginning, that you hope that what you're describing as a slump is not unique to photography, or you know that it's not and you're looking for ways to help people get out of it. So maybe do the opposite of what we coach as a longer term practice, which is not to try to know the intent, 
of the final outcome before you make the initial image. Now, if you've been doing that with diligence and practice, knowing intent before you squeeze the shutter, this is going to be really, really, really hard to do. However, it might be a way to break that chain of meh mm-hmm. that's resulting. You can also force a change in your process. You probably developed over time a shooting style or shooting habits. Change them up. Yep. Make a list of the things that you always do because they've been proven to work in the past. And don't throw them away, but set them aside. Mm-hmm. Forget that you have a practice and build a new one. And sometimes a shooting project can help you to do that. Now, one thing that we had talked about some years ago as a mechanism, because we live in a color world, don't. Right. Live in a black and white world. Set your camera only to show you monochrome images. And mirrorless cameras are brilliant at this because they show it not only on the rear LCD, but on the in-camera electronic viewfinder. Right. That's something a DSLR cannot do. And it's one of the real benefits I see to mirrorless is that it allows you to establish yourself in a place that is not real, but that you can still go and inhabit. Maybe while you're there, pick a lens or a focal length that you never use. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not suggesting that everybody has got, you know, a drawer full of lenses that they don't use. But we've all got a lens or a focal length range in our Zoom that we don't spend a lot of time with. So, for example, the most popular Zoom lens that I encounter with photographers is something in the full-frame equivalent 70 to 200 range. Yep. But where is it used most often? At 200. 200. So, okay, fair enough. Tells you that that full-frame equivalent of 200 is really comfortable. Yep. Okay, you're not allowed to use it anymore. <laughs> Find and use another folk length in the range of the lens you already own. It doesn't cost you anything. But again, it's about breaking your process chain. Yep. Maybe that'll help. If you are the kind of photographer that absolutely hates the idea of using a tripod... You may not make images without using it. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> and this is, I mean, it sounds goofy, but it's really about breaking that established process such that you may go to a different place. Yep. And you may discover something that you would not rediscover if you didn't break your process because you've already passed it by. The next one is really challenging, which is to read the manual camera. I find it useful, <laughs> but most times I say, read your manual and go, what? Hmm. I don't have a manual. Oh, sure you do. It came in the box with your camera. Yeah. And it went in the box with the camera too, <laughs> right into the recycling. Well, fortunately you can download manuals for cameras from all the major manufacturers' websites, but you may find, and you are actually the poster person for this to me is that there's a lot of stuff that cameras can do today 
that if we never took time to read the manual, we would never know. Yep. I mean, you found things in your camera, and I've shot your, but I shot it without using the manual. You can do stuff with that camera, which is not the newest, hottest, shiniest version of whatever, that are pretty incredible. And what inspires me to watch you do that is that you find not a technological marvel, but you find a new path in your road where you can let the camera be the tool that it needs to be. And that allows you to go do some visioneering, some seeing that you otherwise may not have done because you didn't think the tool set was there to help you get there. Mm -hmm. It can be pretty amazing. Now, my personal favorite is to create constraints. Mm -hmm. My friend Rick Salmon coined this phrase, OCD. And it's not what you think it is. Well, maybe it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Rick calls it obsessive clicking disorder. And uh, it's actually easy to spot when you're around other photographers. Try not to laugh out loud because they'll think you're weird. Or they'll know that you're la laughing at them. I'm laughing. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. No, I'm laughing at you. <laughs> That's the camera on continuous mode, holding that button down where every image actually is 45 images. Now, I understand that people love the sound of a shutter on full tilt. Okay, get it out of your system. Restrain yourself. Think of every image as the last one that you have made. And as I talk about, funnily enough, in the article that I've written for the website this week, don't squeeze the shutter. Right. Find every possible reason why you should even consider squeezing the shutter. Treat storage as if it's massively expensive. Right that the next shot will be the last one that you can take that day. Treat yep. it like it's a roll of film. Yep. You, when you go out, let's say you're shooting color landscapes. Well, a roll of color slide film was 20 exposures. Yep. That's all you're allowed, all day long. Now, I know, personally, because I've seen him in the mirror, and a frightening sight he is, <laughs> that there have been days where my photography adventure would be over in the first minute because of that OCD. Yep. Make it last all day. Or conversely, really, really constrain yourself by, by saying, my camera can only shoot one image a day. Mm -hmm. So I got to make every one of them count. The next one is something, again, I talk about in this week's article. And it's interesting, we approached, we're approaching two different problems, but the potential solutions are in the same place. Yes. And that is shoot what you feel, not what you see. And that's in fact what I've talked about in the article is it's about the feels. If there's no feels, there's no shot. And all the shutter presses and all the gear and all the horses and all the Kings regents, men. men or women or goats will not be able to help if there's no feels. Yes. You know, and I've called that 
emotional commotion that confused the hell out of people because they didn't know what that meant. And apparently dictionaries are very hard to find. And they couldn't look it up. So I'm just saying down to one syllable, one word. I don't know it's kids. What's the feels? Feels personal. Right. <laughs> feels. And if I sound like George Carlin, it's because I'm trying. <laughs> In that podcast, I said that there are endless choices. Because to your point, this sense of frustration, despondency, I don't give a crap anymore, is not unique to photography. Yep. Or videography or painting. It could be a sport that you've done for years that you just don't give a crap about anymore. Mm. Or there are things surrounding your activity that have created such a negative image in your mind that any joy you've got from the activity has been overshadowed by the junk around it. Right. And, and I can say that's absolutely true for and has happened to me in another discipline that I used to really enjoy and excel at. And I just don't do it anymore because I can't stand the, the constraints and structure and, frankly, some of the people right. uh, around it. But what I will say is what you learn in resolving that problem in one place is absolutely reapplicable. Mm-hmm. Because I think your point at the beginning, you correct me if I'm wrong, is that this is a mental exercise. Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely a mental exercise. And so if it's already in your head... The solution that you find to one may be very applicable to another problem of the same type in a different discipline. Mm-hmm. I will say, don't dare spend any money on gear or kit or any other nonsense because none of it is going to solve the problem. Right. And in fact, experience has shown, not just for me, but for lots of other people, where they've said, I know, I'll just get a new <laughs> And they receive it. And they go out, and nothing has changed. And now they've got a further case of lunch bag letdown because they've spent money on something that hasn't done anything for them. Right. And they hate it. And if they can take it back and get a refund, they will do that. If they're smart, worst case is they decide to keep it as punishment for their own mistake. <laughs> Talk about making the rod for your own back. But this is supposed to be fun. You know, we all work. Some of us enjoy our jobs, some of us don't. But we do work for a reason. This is a hobby. It's fun. For goodness sake, don't turn your beloved hobby into work. Because thou shalt learn to hate. Yep. Real fast. So shoot for your own enjoyment. If you feel like shooting, go shoot. And if you don't feel like shooting, don't. Because you will come back miserable and hating it even more. Because you feel forced. Yep. Maybe you find the act of going through the process change that you talked about, the breaking of your internal rules, might have a positive or at least an unexpected impact on your mood and your outlook. Heck, you might even find out that you're being, dare I say it, creative. Oh, goodness. I know I've said these things in the past, and I sincerely appreciate that now one other person has heard them. 
Because <laughs> you took the time to write them down. And that makes two. So that's, you know, that's what we call a 100%. It's 100%. Growth improvement. So, man, you got to feel good about that. Do some of these topics make sense, Gordon? Or some of these ideas, are they, are they suggestions that could solve this dilemma that you've identified? Well, it may, may not completely solve the dilemma, but it gives you a starting point and it gives you a working framework. And as long as you can keep in mind that it's not the exercise that's going to do things, but the change in mindset and the attitude that you have to adopt to go through those exercises, that will make the difference. You came today with a very clear intent to talk about an issue that you've seen perhaps yourself and definitely in other people. Because I know that folks bring their problems to you because you just don't run fast enough anymore. <laughs> Can't do that anymore. <laughs> but it is valid. This comment about slump is a valid thing. And I want to thank you for taking the time to think about it more deeply. Because if you took the time to think about it, I've been at this game long enough to know that there are lots of good people who are impacted by this. Oh, yes. Do we have all the answers? I'm sorry, have you met me? No, <laughs> absolutely not. But maybe there are some thoughts and some ideas that can help people change the road you're on. Because if it is a journey and you change your road, maybe you end up in a different place and it's a better place. Mm -hmm. So thanks a lot, Gordon. I really appreciate it. I know our listeners will. I don't like to put words in people's minds, but this is a very important and powerful topic. Good. So listeners, thanks very much. I really do hope that you get value from this. Gordon, thank you so much. You're welcome. For the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast, I'm Ross. And I'm Gordon. And we will speak to you really soon. <laughs>